off the ball. And Munster are failing at that detail. It's not the big picture that's killing them. It's it's the minutia, the detail that's taking them apart. Subscribe to the Rugby Stream on the OTB Sports app now. OTB GAA. Hello there and you're very welcome along to episode 38 of the Football Pod with Paddy Andrews and James O'Donoghue. Paddy, I think we've got to start by congratulating our comrade James for reaching another county final in treacherous conditions in Kerry yesterday mm. afternoon. James, Good man, Jimmy. Didn't get either, and was plus, I believe. Thanks, lads. Yeah, kept the nose intact and no yeah. cards dished out. Very, we're very proud of you. Must well say, it's success all around, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Dingle pushed you all the way. Yeah, it was. It was a game. It was anti-football at times. You know, it was just the conditions were just chronic, and it was it was difficult even to to do the more simple things. At times, it was difficult. So, um, in fairness to Dingle, they were very well organised, um, and yeah, could have easily won it, and. We got two great scores at the very end, last two minutes to to go from a point down to a point up, just in the nick of time yeah. to go through to final. So, now it was a nice, a nice, I suppose, a nice way to win it. But it was a, it was a difficult game. Now I must say, everything was tough about it, but great one to get out of. Paddy, you were at the Dublin Cup final, which we'll come back to in a minute. But I, I was streaming. Well, the question uh, here, first and foremost, for Jimmy, right? Jump in, Before yeah, yeah. Man. Paul Murphy kicks a phenomenal score to win it. Right or over stuff. If he misses that shot and he's got the cliff and yourself inside and it's the last play to win it and he skies that one wide, what would your reaction be there? Well, to be fair, we, our, if he our misses, forward line got no score from play. It, like, it, was, it was very tough to get any sort of a shot off. And he got it about 50 out and he just said, you know what, I'll take the responsibility here and hit it. Because sometimes you can actually overplay it. I know there is there is definitely something to be said for recycle, recycle, get the right <laughs> shot. But like it was so difficult to even get a couple of hand passes in a row at times that yeah, yeah, yeah. you could be turned over there and they could be on you at the other end. So yeah, but like James, it, as well, it, it was level. So even if it did go wide, we're back yeah, into extra time and we were down play. to 14. We it's different though, isn't it? If, if you're a point down, it's different. When it, like we spoke about this, was it with um, was it Reno Neal's free? Or yeah. The yeah. difference between if if it's level, it's not as much. There's not as much pressure. If you miss, you still have a second go or extra time. If you're a point down, yeah, you have to be absolutely 100 percent certain to take it on. It's, it's far more pressurized. And um, but now I seen the score. Like I was, I was in Parnell Park and I was kind of keeping an update on it. And I thought thought thing we're going to nick it. Um, Judging by what the updates I've seen on Twitter, but then I seen Murphy score was trending, and it is it's a phenomenal kick in those conditions. Um, and he's just an experienced player. He's the type of guy that can take that on, can't he? A young fella's probably not going to do that. Um, but a massive score for you guys. Jeez, what a way to win it and a tough way to lose it for Dingo. Yeah, do you know, I've uh, I've been on the end of a few of those defeats as well. It's not like it's it's not nice, but it's just part and parcel of it, especially in days like that. Every score is like worth two because we only got, I think it was one nine to one eight. So like we only got 10 scores, you know, yeah. over. That was over across the board, like, Jimmy. So all, the, all the county finals, you look at the scores, it was really tight. Conditions are obviously tough. 
It's proper winter football. It is winter football. Scores are at a premium. You know, uh, you're not going to see club games between now and the All Ireland finals in in January, where teams are racking up twenty points. It's going to be twelve, thirteen points that's going to get the job done. Yeah, Um, Kilcoo scraped through and down. Croaks that little bit of experience got them over over the line yesterday against Nafina. I think there was eleven ten a finish, Tommy. Or 11-10 or 12-11. So, uh, again, low scoring, similar to your game, Jimmy, but treacherous conditions. But a bit of experience tells in the end. Yeah. Can can we hang on in Kerry for a few more minutes? Because this game wasn't on TV. Mid-Kerry and Field Rangers were on on Saturday night. Um, Nonsense. Much to the anguish of Paddy Andrews last weekend. But, you know, Mid-Kerry put up a very good performance. They got a good lead on Field Rangers early on and they came back into it then. But they held them off 15-9. in your game, James, on Sunday, as you mentioned, the conditions were horrendous. Mm. You mentioned the two late scores. Paul O'Shea comes off the bench, uh, a former All-Ireland minor winning captain, a cousin of the Cliffords, and he kicks that equaliser from 45 yards out. Yeah. The Dingle keeper, just to give him a mention, you wouldn't have seen it, but Kepa Balaga, the Chelsea keeper, made two outrageous sequence of saves where he stopped three shots in a row in, in the Chelsea Villa game yesterday afternoon. The Dingle keeper did the same thing in the first half and the same thing in the second half with shots on goal. You were in the mix. Uh, Dingle were ahead. You turn over a ball. David Clifford slips it to you. I think you get by Mark O'Connor and you take a very, very early snapshot. It's going mm. low into the corner. He gets his fingers to it. He saves the follow-up. He saves the next follow-up and Paddy Clifford eventually punches it in. How difficult was it to get scores yesterday? Oh, it was so difficult. But like, it was, it was, there's so much going on because Dingle had a lot of bodies back. So any kind of a hand on would make you kind of juggle the ball a bit or you might slip or the wind might come in. And it was just, it was just all over the place. But they went up a goal. And then from the very next play, we got that goal chance. And um, yeah, I took an early shot. Cliffy put me in. I'd say I was about, yeah, fit, between the 14 and the 20. But do you know if you hit a, a goal shot and it hits the deck in the rain? Yeah, it's going to skid Yeah, so I said I'd try one of them. And in fairness, it bounced perfect just in front of him. I thought it would give him serious trouble and he got a great hand to it. And we had another couple of shots that were just blocked on the line. Eventually, Potty stuck it in. But yeah, it was so hard to get scores. Because like, if, you, if you doubted your decision-making at all and turned around, you were just going to be dispossessed. You have to kind of commit to your first thought, no matter what it was, whether it be right or wrong, whatever your first decision is, you just have to commit to it. It's always the case in the rain, but... And, yeah. like, when you when you talk about committing to the decision, there's no way Paul Murphy has the time to get the ball in his hands and then say, oh, sure, I'll go for it here. He clearly had lined that shot up from um, when the, the midfielder slipped it to him in, in the last minute there. Yeah. Paddy, you've mentioned You've David Clifford on the pitch, Paddy Clifford on the pitch, Paul Ganey's on the pitch, Paul O'Shea's on the pitch after landing a bomb from way out the pitch. If you're looking for a clutch score from your years of playing with Paul Murphy, would you have backed him as the ball was, you can be honest here, as the ball was landing into his hands, did you think this is going between the posts? I would, to be fair. He's very skillful and always had that outside of the boot in the locker. But very often, saying games like that, I think we spoke about it before, I think it might have been before the All-Ireland and we actually got it wrong. We said, we'd be surprised if the if Clifford and Shane Walsh dominated the game because usually it's they're kind of locked up in big games. We got that one horribly wrong. We got it so wrong. But yeah. even the last day, when there's a lot of bodies back defending, and if you have a fellow who, who maybe isn't being marked by someone who's sweeping or dropping off them, if they can do damage, it's so valuable. 
because you don't have to look for for the obvious target all the time because probably like the defences know what you're going to do. So if you have someone who can come up and throw an outside of the boot over the black spot, <laughs> it's so valuable. Like it's just, yeah, yeah. it's a well, cheat code basically. Gavin Curran is the dingle keeper. Um, Mark O'Connor obviously was playing in a sweeper sort of a role. Did you feel like you were coming up against a professional athlete? Did you get a shoulder off him at any stage? Was there any difference? <laughs> you, you were, were staying away from it. I thought. I thought, James, we've a we've a comment in here. Actually, I'll I'll dig it out now. You're t- you're looking very slim. Oh, you're looking slim. good. Oh yeah, no. On the paleo diet, are you? Yeah, I'm on fifteen hundred calories a day. No, just meat, raw meat. <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, you look spectacular. I'd say I'm just not not in the gym as much, I suppose, and things like that. But yeah, I, geez, who who sent that in? No, no, that was me who was making that observation. But I, I have the question here now. Let me get it up one second here now. This is I always in. carried a bit of poundage in the arse. Like I think I'm after I'm after losing a bit of it, right? But this comment is coming He's in. Wearing from, bigger shorts. You're on the 38s <laughs> instead of the 34s, <laughs> and they're always rolled up the top as well. This is from a uh, big bad Benny Trainer on Instagram. James O'Donoghue has the hardest walk. And the shortest shorts in the GA source, Dingle versus East Kerry yesterday. Ooh. Take that as a compliment. He could be right. The hardest walk. I see it, man. I have dealt with so much hassle over that walk throughout my life. Paper. You're worse than a Kieran Larry used to call me 10 to 2. Who called you that? Kieran Larry. So I'm, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm a Kerry captain. Yes. So be right foot out to two o'clock and left foot out to, to 10. <laughs> uh, it's hips. It's hips. I don't put it on. I know loads of people say to me, they'll be like, what's the story with the walk? I'm like, it's all hit. And then I, I have to walk with the hands in the pockets then just in case. When the game, when the conditions are that atrocious and plenty of people playing Saturday and Sunday who were lucky enough to be playing championship action this weekend would have seen the conditions. What's the balance like between taking a risk or just being smart on the ball and being patient on it? Because it must be difficult to, to change your... I suppose your mindset when you're going in there and there's a torrential downpour or you just know the ball isn't going to be coming in as clean. You're going to be picking up little yeah. breaks. Is it like you have to shift it in your head? Like, does that come with experience? I think so. When I was younger, I was actually, I actually had a bit of arrogance about it because it was like, right, it's, it's pissing rain, but I'm not going to change the way I play for the rain. I have the skills to be able to deal with this, you know? And that's naive. Like you have to change the way you're playing because everything is different. The way the defender marks, the way the ball comes in, the way you're kind of double guessing where the ball is going to bounce. Like everything is different in a, in those conditions. Like, so you do definitely have to change the way you play because like the, it's become, it's become a major factor in J these days of recycling the ball, recycle, 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 eventually get a half back. Like McCaffrey one does breaking through and getting a score or looping. Yeah. Whereas traditionally, I suppose teams want to be kicking the ball in, but they're just you just can't get those scores. It's just coming off fellas' chests and coming back out, and a counterattack team is going to hammer you. Yeah. So you can't yeah. turn over the ball up front. So it has to be a different game. We we definitely saw it this weekend as well. And like I don't know if you're watching the Donegal final, the drama on Saturday afternoon, but St. Newnans were in a really good position against Nave Connell. There was a controversial red card just before mm. half time. Shane O'Donnell was sent off. Uh, I think what happened was there was a, a coming out from a, a shot and goal. Karen Thompson definitely meets one of the uh, St. Union defenders. He hits the deck. I'd say it was a yellow card for Thompson at tops. And then three or four fellas get involved. There's no real striking action you can see. Shane O'Donnell sent off. 
Unions are up against it in the second half. Now, if Connell take over and Thompson kicks a couple of beauties off the left. Yeah. But it was very slow pedestrian football. St. Unions were holding on to the ball, weren't taking chances. And eventually they took a chance and they bombed the ball in and they got a goal. And uh, they brought it right down to the wire, but they just fell short. Can't but see if, say, say, say if the wind and the rain is that bad, though. And it happened mm-hmm. in our game because Dingle had a serious aerial threat. So they were sending in a lot of long balls, but like the wind, it could do. Once it's up there, a lot of them were just going out to play long because once yeah. it got caught, it was it was Gonzo. So, in fairness, when it stuck to Ganey, he was on fire in that first half. Yeah, he created a goal chance. But like, how many times are you going to risk, or how many times are you going to give away the ball, right? Yeah. To have the other team then mind it and have it for five minutes, and you're going, oh Jesus! And then you get it back, give it away. Then the other team has it for five minutes again. Like it, it, it's not, it's not the best watch in fairness in those conditions. Like it can be, it can be tough. Yeah, but it, it's a, it's a mental kind of a mental slog to do the right thing every time. Paddy, you were in Parnell Park yesterday. What was the verdict on Kilmacud Croaks winning back to back Dublin senior titles against Nafina, a one point win? Yeah, they were they were point down at half time again. It's, the game actually started off quite well. Nafina came out of the box pretty quickly. Um, but it, it did start to get very cagey then. It didn't help. Just before halftime, the rain started coming down and the wind picked up and the second half was played in in pretty difficult conditions across the board. I'm sure people could see it on TG Car on the telly, but being in the ground as well, there was a pretty stiff breeze there that Croaks were playing with in the second half. Nafina went two points up um, about five minutes into the second half. That third quarter, they were on top and they missed probably four opportunities um, and a couple of ones a couple of bad ones that they look back on and they were on top at that stage they're, in, they're a relatively young team Nafina and now they've got guys like Johnny Cooper and Owen Merchant who, who are obviously very experienced but the majority of that Nafina team is quite young it's the first county final in 16 years I think so you always felt when that was happening and they missed three or four attacks in a row the Croaks were going to come back and if Nafina could get out, as you're saying, James, games in those conditions, they're going to be low scoring. Scores are going to be hard to come by. Nafina probably could have got a four or five point lead in that third quarter, and they didn't. And Croaks went down the pitch. And Shane Walsh, to be fair, like it was his best game since he went to Croaks. He's been kind of Mannion's obviously been their main man traditionally over the, over the last number of years. A lot of people were fancying Nafina without Mannion yesterday and felt that this was the opportunity to take Croaks down but Shane Walsh in that second half I think he finished with five possibly six definitely five points from play he was outstanding did he get five from play? yeah he was out, outstanding particularly in that second half you know what he's like very similar to the all Ireland final he has such range with his kicks particularly when there's a bit of a breeze behind him and coming down the stretch he's getting the ball 45-50 yards out he's just clipping it over from there and, and from- that was Four, four play. Not to take away from him. Four play. And there were clutch scores. Big, big scores. But what happened in the year? He you got a bang. Um, Johnny the Cooper. The first half, he went off. Towards the end of the first half, it looked pretty innocuous. I was in, in that stand. It was right in front of me. So I think it was an, just an accident collision. He went off for, for a couple of minutes. I came back in a bit of a... <laughs> Mick Galway heading him coming around with the band. Spent like, 10 minutes in the ambulance. Yeah, yeah. But I tell you, he got his red man of the match. Yeah, he, but he was. Do you know what? Like you said it, Jimmy, in those games, a little bit of class stands out. You know, you could see that there was a lot of huffing and puffing from both teams. 
Um, the Fane are well organised. Croaks are very hard to play against. They're such a well coached team. And the games like that where there's scores around a premium, someone like Shane Walsh is worth his weight in gold. But he, if he just gets possessions, he can swing it over and make the difference. Very similar to what Paul Murphy did for, for you guys yesterday, James. And Nafina will regret it. There's no doubt about it because they had that opportunity in the third quarter, just that little bit of inexperience and they just weren't clinical enough. The guys like, Nafina are looking at the guys like Conor McHugh and Aaron Byrne, younger guys have been involved in the Dublin panel. They just probably didn't have the experience to get them over the line, whereas Croaks had Shane Walsh. I saw Aaron Byrne throw over two outrageous they, kicks. Outrageous kicks. Outrageous kicks. But you felt that that was what Nafina were kind of having to do yeah, keep in touch. They're, they're, they missed a few handy ones as well. I like I was only half watching bad ones in the second half. They did, and and that that's why they'll regret it. They absolutely will. It was a big opportunity for them. Like it's the first time they've been in the final in so long, but it was an opportunity there. There's no doubt they're going to be gutted yesterday to lose a, a final by a point. But I think on the on the balance of the whole match. And just that little bit of quality from Shane Watts. That, that's what it was. And you have to knock for, for Croaks if you're going, if Mannion was there as well. I mean, they probably win that game a bit more comfortably. But for Croaks to go back to back in the Dublin Championship, hard going. They're obviously very, very close to winning the All Ireland last year in the last second of the game against Kilku. So they have a bit of grit between them uh, and the experience they've built up over the last number of years stood to them yesterday in that game. And they just managed the game out really. What's but, um what's Shane Walsh's win bonus there? I think he's on it's ten grand a score, I think. So yeah, he's had a nice he had a nice nice gig, I'd say. Yeah. Do you oh, see yeah. actually the, the one thing I saw from the game, I, I was only half watching it in the bar after after our game, but the the midfielder for Nafina half blocked Craig Diaz from making a run. Paddy Quinn. Paddy Quinn, yeah. He got a black hair for it, but Diaz did a a wrestling manoeuvre to take him over his shoulder I think he must have popped the shoulder or else dislocated he did the shoulder was gone I, I, we didn't realize and he got a black card on the stretcher realise it was a black card because he was in a bad way because the play kind of continued on and Shane Walsh gets a score out of that play and uh, linesman on the far side of the pitch we were in the stands was on the, on the other side was waving away and you could see Paddy Quinn was in a bad way his leg was going he was in a lot of pain and it, I didn't even realise it was a black card, but he, he had to come off and he, he walked across in front of us um, and his, his shoulder was gone. Yes, he, he was a loss. He kicked a great score. He's a very experienced player for Athena. He kicked, I think, the first score of the game. Brilliant score. Um, and, and losing him, that bit of experience, but, but it was around that time Croke started to get on top around him. But Diaz was actually very good. So no, oh, Diaz didn't get booked for that. Yeah. But it wasn't even, it didn't even come back at all. It was just kind no. of play on. I think the, the ref was no far. Ball. The linesman didn't really get a look at it. But it was um, a bit like, uh, it was a bit like, was it Padraig O'Hara body slamming Shane Walsh? Do you remember that Connacht yeah. final where two Galway boys went off in the first half? You know, there, there was a little bit of the... Rick Flair. <laughs> 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 I must watch it back. Yeah. There was a little bit of needle in it, but you'd expect yeah. that in a championship final, particularly when it's that tight. They yeah, had a big influence. He did. Game, he did. The thing with Croaks, like a lot of their, like their whole half back line, everyone on that Croaks senior team, I would say eight or nine of them have been out with Dublin at some stage. Yeah. A lot of them have played underage for Dublin. They mightn't be household names, the likes of a Johnny Cooper, a merchant on the other side for Nafina. But a lot of those Croaks guys, they're fast, they're fit, they're strong, they're well organized. They're just such a good unit. They're hard to play against. They do nothing really spectacular. They're just really solid. And when you have match winners like they've had with Mannion in the last couple of years and now with Shane Walsh in addition, 
they're just for a club team they're just such a hard team to play against and that was nothing overly fancy yesterday but they grounded out and okay you're looking around the championship and you're going who are favourites now that we go into the provincial and now there's a couple of county finals still left to be played but they will without a doubt be looking at are trying to win the All-Ireland from this point Cuckoo Cuckoo are still in Cuckoo yeah. scraped by one extra time yesterday we, so. we had 12 Cork, finals the Cork final will tell a lot it will the Bears definitely. against Nemo yeah. we had 12 finals yesterday over the weekend lads I'll, I'll run you through them um, and give you a bit on each of them right so in Cavan Gauna bet Killy Gary yeah former Cavan footballer Martin McKeever won his first senior title as a 15-year-old, 23 years ago for Gauna back in 1999. He was centre-back yesterday on another one. So that was some uh, gap that he bridged. So fair play to him and Gauna. Was he playing at 15? Playing at 15. Or he was on the panel or he came on anyway. He, he played a part uh, in 99. Gauna are the other half of the parish. This is a, a funny one. Of Mullignacta, who would have won the, the Leinster title, beating Crokes a couple of years ago in Longford. So Gauna is the, the Cavan side, Mulnachter the other side. So they've been watching their parish, the other half of the parish uh, win great success over the last couple of years. In Donegal, Nave Connell, uh, Glenties, Bet Unions, as we mentioned, Kieran Thompson starred after a harsh sending off for Shane O'Donnell in the first half. As you both mentioned, Kilku won their 10th down title in 11 seasons. Connor Laverty, down senior manager, started yeah. as they edged past Warren Point by a point. They also won their semi-final by a point, both games after extra time. As we've said, Shane Walsh kicked four points as Kilmacrook Crooks won the Dublin title. In Leitrim, St. Mary's, Kiltahart, upset the odds and they bet Mohal by a point. They came back in the second half, got in front. Mohal had a late chance to equalise it, dropped short and the fisted effort went just wide of the goal. So St. Mary's held on there, big win. In London, in the county final, St. Kiernan's and Fulham Irish are going to a replay. Won six to nine points, so it was low scoring over in London as well. St. Mary's already in Loud won the senior title, the first since 1995. That was a replay against the Newtown Blues, 118 to 115. In Meath, Rotote bet Summerhill, their third senior title. Rotote won the junior in 2012 in Meath, and they've won three senior titles since then, obviously in an intermediate as well. So it's a re- real rise in that parish. It's gone, tandem. it's gone in tandem with a population boom, but like that is testament to the coaching. They've obviously capitalised on all around them there in Rotote, so fair play to them. In Monaghan, Bally Bay upset the odds. They bet Scott's down by three points. The incoming Clare coach, Mark Doran, and Jerome Johnson Sr. from Kilku were the coaches. And there's actually a phenomenal photo that's been posted by the Bally Bay Pierce's Twitter account, which includes one, two, three, four, five, six men in it. All six of them are every single Bally Bay winning captain at senior level. Paddy McCarney, who captained them in 1953, 54, 57, and 59. Sean McCarney, who captained them in 1969. Jim O'Hanlon, the captain in 1962. Owen McCarney, the captain in 2022. Paul Finley, the captain from 2012. And John Joe McCarney, the captain from 1987. So that's a class photo. And the McCarneys obviously run the whole way through that. Like, so that's that's brilliant. So fair play to them in, in Bally Bay. A big win this weekend. Turla Strand did seven in a row this week. They held off St. Mary's 15 points to 13. Clonmel Commercials, they're the big dogs in Tipperary. They won their third senior title in four years. And in Wexford, Sean Maliers lost to Castletown by four points. That was a bit of an upset as well. Some of the other semi-finals, Aerog Ennis, Beck Finn, and Ennis Diamond, Beck Camaria breaking on penalties on Saturday afternoon. East Kerry will play a mid-Kerry in the final. So it's Aerog against Ennis Diamond in the Kerry final. East Kerry against mid-Kerry in the Kerry final. Ballina and Westport won the Mayo 
semi-finals yesterday, two exciting games. In Tyrone, we had our semi-finals late last night. Ergil Kieran joined Carrick Moore in the final. And in Waterford, we're down to the semi-final stage. Rat Gormack played Galtier and Balnacorti played Anayer. So as well as that replay with um, the London final, we have the Armagh final still to play, the Derry final next weekend, the Fermanagh final, the Galway final, Galway semi-finals, uh, Limerick semi-finals. And that is it, really. The Cork final as well. So And the Roscommon final. So there, still, we're... we're 16, 17 championship winners. We're getting through it. A lot more entries to the Monday club this week. Obviously, there was no Ooh. Monday club in Kerry. James, not yet anyway. There might be in a few weeks. Will you even have a Monday club? You'll be straight into the intermediate championship after uh, the senior cha- or the county championship. <sighs> you got to go out. So. Jimmy, you'll be out on Monday. Jimmy, you'll be out. So that is that. Well, so, so where would you go? The fact that it's a regional team. So you win, say you win the final on the Sunday. Is it bank holiday Sunday or Saturday? The finals on the Sunday. The quarter was two. The Monday off, anyway. The bank holiday. Wow. Yeah, but we're, we're, playing, we're going. playing intermediate the following weekend. That doesn't matter, Jimmy. You've got to celebrate your victories. We've spoken about this. Work-life <laughs> balance. We haven't, we haven't won anything. Work-life balance. Listen, we're already doing the parade and all. You just block your ear, <laughs> earmuffs. <laughs> well, if, if, because it's two regional teams, what would normally happen in that case? Is there, to go to the captain's local boozer on the Monday talk me through I actually I don't know this is my first year involved with a, with a district and I haven't taken my mind off the task at hand I'm not thinking <laughs> oh no Paul your Egypt, eyes glazed Egypt. over as you said that <laughs> begin to robot mode yeah. I am not I am thinking about the game and nothing else <laughs> how excited were you to to learn that the provincial county draws for 2023 happened on Saturday afternoon the GAA are marketing geniuses, aren't they? Like they just know how to milk the absolute most out of their products, and that was it again. The championship draws on radio in October. Terry's buried on a Saturday afternoon. Pure class. The Americans you know, learn a lot from us. Do you remember any to draw? Do you know anyone? No. Connacht was good, I believe. They're all Connacht on one side, are they? I'll, I'll give you the a brief overview, right? And and some of the very brief. Have. Very yes. Brief. Okay, in Connacht. What's happened is that Galway, Roscommon and Mayo are on the same side of the draw. Love it. Which means that one of New York, Leach from London or Sligo are going to be in the Connacht final, which, wait for it, in the new format, guarantees one of those four a place in the All-Ireland Senior Championship. So Great. Bit next of year, Love it. after the Provincials, we're going to have four groups of four in the Talchon Cup and four groups of four in the All-Ireland Series instead of the qualifiers. So we're going to have one of Sligo, Leitrim, uh, New York and London in the All-Ireland series. So that is the Connacht draw, right? Uh, In Munster, Kerry get a bye to the semi-finals. They're going to play the winners of Tipperary and Waterford. What a dream draw that is for... They've rigged it again. So it's Kerry Cork in the final. Lovely. Well done. Munster side, Cork play Clare. The play Limerick in the semi-final. Who's playing Limerick? Uh, Cork or Clare. Oh, Cork, Cork, Clare. Winner plays Limerick. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Winner plays Limerick. In Ulster, Armagh are into the preliminary round. They play Andy McEntee's Antrim in the first game. The winners of that game go on to play Cavan in the quarterfinals. And the other quarterfinals are manager list Donegal against Conor Laverty's Down, Tyrone against Vinnie Corey's Monaghan, and Fermanagh right. up against Derry. So Fermanagh, Derry, Tyrone, Monaghan is one side of the semi finals. And Down, Donegal, Cavan, Armagh, Antrim is the other side in Ulster. Derry, Tyrone, Donegal, Armagh. Okay. Yeah. All right. And now where this is important, right, is 
when I mentioned that one of the four in Connacht are getting into the All-Ireland series in Ulster, any of the teams in Division 3, like Cavan, Antrim, Down, Fermanagh, if they don't get promoted and they don't make their Ulster final, they ain't playing in the All-Ireland series. They're in the Touching Cup for another year. Let's we'll let them win the games then. Don't be giving out. Don't come in here getting beaten and throwing the toys out of the pram. Deal with it. Win the matches. If Derry don't make the Ulster final and they get relegated from Division 2, which you never know, it could happen. Derry they will be in the Touching Cup. So, uh, and especially even actually... So you can be in Division 2 and in the Touching Cup this year? Whereas uh, last, last year you couldn't. Well, if, if you're relegated. relegated. If you're relegated. And I also I also yes. haven't clarified this yet, but I think the third place team could be in danger as well, given the fact that we're going to have a Division 3 or 4 team reaching the Connacht final. And Leinster finally, preliminary round, Longford Offaly, winners play Mead. Conor Morrock's first game in charge will be against Longford or Offaly. Kildare face Wicklow or Carlo, and they'll play in the semi-finals, the winners of Dublin, Wexford or Leash in the quarterfinals. So it's back to yeah. Leash in the preliminary round. Westmead and Loud in the other one. So Dublin and Kildare the same side in. Westmead and uh, Loud will be an interesting game. It absolutely will. Yeah. Yeah. So Different styles. That's yeah. the provincial setup, lads. We don't have to worry about that now for another couple of months, but bit of a damp squib. Paddy, I know that you're very passionate about the fact that you would love to rename East Kerry and Mid Kerry going into their county finals. Do you think it's a big so. opportunity? Uh, I'd love to get from you in 30 seconds what you do at the provincials if you had the chance. Please just say you'd bend them. What would I do with the provincials? Yeah. How um, could you sex it up? I'd play them in January and February. I'd scrap the Auburn Cup, FBD League, all that stuff. Play the championship, uh, provincial championships then, separate from the All-Ireland Series. Um, We went through all this last season and everyone just... We went to Congress and they shot it down. So this is the latest iteration of it. Uh, people are always going to give it. I've seen reactions to this on Twitter about the, the Connacht side of things that look potentially a so-called weaker team in Leitrim, Sligo, New York or London. It's going to be in the All-Ireland series. There's, there seems to be issues with every single way, whatever way the, the GA settle on it, people are going to give out. You're not going to please everyone. They had the opportunity last year to make a big change and they didn't go for it. So... Here we are. Um, people I piss and moan about it next year as well. So we just get on to laugh. I have to laugh. We got a message into the Football Pod GA Instagram page from a regular listener, Ronan. Provincial system, messy as always. Connacht are guaranteed to have a Division 4 team in the final, yet Ulster will be lucky if a Division 2 team makes the final. Well, Ronan, a Cavan man, I say to you that Ulster said no. Exactly. Ulster wanted to hold on to their provincial team. Had the opportunity, shot it down. There you go. Give it out about it then. Six That's months the way it goes. All right, lads. Uh, that is part one of the pod done. I'm just going to mention this. It was a message sent to us this week by Peter Lamb. Hi, Tommy. I was hoping on this week's football pod that you could give a mention to our friend, Aaron O'Neill, who passed away suddenly last Wednesday at only 36 years of age. Aaron was an Armagh super fan and he travelled all over Ireland following the Armagh footballers. His daughter, Caitlin, is currently the Armagh ladies' minor captain and Aaron has supported her at every game. Aaron loved everything to do with Gaelic football and he'll be sorely missed in Armagh GA circles. So to all of Aaron's family and friends, we would like to pass on our sincere condolences here on the football pod. So take care of yourselves. We'll be back right after this. You're very welcome back to the football pod with Paddy Anders and James Donoghue. A couple of topics to get stuck into this week, lads. Um, Paddy... We're yes. on a trip this week to United Spurs. I am. I am. Back home to Old Trafford. The buzz is back around United a little bit. Uh, 
No, less, he doesn't do that anymore. Less than 24 hours after a nil-all draw. I don't know if the buzz is truly back, but uh, no, go over a couple of times a year. Um, so looking forward to getting over on Wednesday night with a couple of lads. Um, good game against Spurs. So, yeah, mm. hoping for... The night games are always good, I have to say. Good good buzz around. A uh, bit of crack get into Manchester Wednesday afternoon. Um, sample the social scene there for a couple of hours. The shopping? Mm, probably not as much shopping as you would think, <laughs> but um, I'll potter around, support the local commerce in Manchester and get out to Old Trafford for the game. So, yeah. Is Manchester good town, is it? I, yeah, I'm actually, it's got a lot better. We went over, we stayed in Liverpool. Yeah. No, Manchester's a bit of crack. Now it's a Wednesday, like, so, um, and I'm old now, so probably won't be out too late. But um, <laughs> we could do it. We've gone, gone for a good couple of years now. We used to go over uh, for Saturday games and, yeah, we'd have a bit of crack over there. You'd have a good time in Manchester, yeah, I must say. Short flight from here. It's only like 30 minutes from Dublin. So we could we could do a football pod roadshow in Kevin Caban's old haunt, the Crabtree yeah. in Manchester. I think, I think that would so. be a good show. There's a massive GA community in Manchester. Big time. I think yeah, that's the a lot of club. big GA clubs there, and um, that's been over at a couple of events over there, St Lawrence's and clubs like that as well. So lots of brilliant work, uh, lots of Irish over there as well. So yeah, I go over, have a bit of crack, and hopefully see. Could be the last time you see Ronnie in the flesh, lads. Yeah, could yeah. be Paddy. Yeah. You, you both missed off. it. You had a uh, GA duties yesterday, but you would have both missed. Um, 11 placed Liverpool beating second place Man City yesterday one 0 Shook up the league a little bit. James, we were talking about this a little bit earlier on. Um, a team like Liverpool, obviously, who were flying so close last year to doing so well in everything. have had a rocky start to the season, but managed to pull out a performance, sensational performance, as they did yesterday against a team like City or in such good form. Have you seen shades of that anywhere else in GA circles? Would it be too far of a stretch for me to say that a little bit like Dublin pulling out of the bag, Division 2 Dublin against Kerry? The All Ireland semi finals last year. See, Clap had like they didn't, stuff they didn't up on the put wall. anything out of the bag, <laughs> they pulled out a big D for defeat. <laughs> they had you rattled up. <laughs> well, there's no points for that. No, to be fair, like it happens all the time. But if you think about Liverpool last year, they were, they were in every competition right up until the end, had a bit of disappointment, and then found it hard this year to get back on the. On the wagon, like, you know, even I, I was actually hearing uh, Guardiola speak. He was being interviewed and it, I think it was Rio Ferdinand actually that was interviewing him. And he said, how would you keep the boys coming back year after year just as strong? And he said, I have to change up the team every year. Like, just get rid of us. Yeah. Just completely freshen it up. I really and that Liverpool team, a, a that, Liverpool team. <laughs> yeah, that Liverpool team just went stale. And yeah. like injury, oh, that's, that's they only like it hasn't been a great start. I wouldn't say they're stale. Yeah, they're stale. They're stale. They're they're, they're stale. Jordan Henderson is fucking stale. <laughs> <laughs> they're a bit older now. Like I have to say, they're running but out. Like, it, I think it just proves like how impressive it is by GA teams to get back on like, back at it year after year after year with high pressure into the same into the same setting and deliver time after time like. Not you know, because done it, there's no transfer window in J. What's that? Not many teams have done it. Carry on, what one in a row now? I don't mean Weird, winning. Weird, but I mean six, back yeah. to the standards. It's not easy. It's tough at the top. The air is thin. But uh, that's true. No, I don't mean winning the other I just mean even getting back at it to the same levels every year is yeah. difficult. That's the, that's the genius of 
the leadership of a team, the manager, the coaches, trying to keep things fresh. We talk about it all the time in GA, guys, stepping away, it becomes a bit of a burden. It's like, what, like I said, you're right, not even teams trying to win the All-Ireland, guys are stepping away because they just don't enjoy it anymore at any level. Mm. They're like, this is a bit of a ball ache. So it's the responsibility on coaches and managers to create that environment where people want to come back and they want to be yeah. there and they want to enjoy it. And because if you don't have that, you're not going to have consistent success. Um, and that's the same in any sport. You know, like it's obviously more, it's highlighted more. It gets more coverage, obviously, in the soccer side of things. But it's the same in GA. Like if you're coaching a team, that's why you, you see that the likes of a Cody. You don't, you're never going to see that again. Like Mickey Hart with doing nearly twenty years, like teams would lose two or three years, and coaches know themselves. Go, do you know what? This is a bit stale. I need to go. Or if they're gonna try and and, and stick in there for five, six, seven, eight years, they need players to turn over. Uh, we spoke about it after after Kerry's All Ireland win for them that they're they're probably the most settled out of the top teams. But if you're Jack O'Connor, you've got to be looking for that first round of the Munster Championship next year coming in. You'll need two or three players different. You wonder is settled is settled even an advantage? It's, it's probably not. Do you know, there, 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 there are yeah, Jimmy, but 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 I, I definitely, I would see that as a sign of weakness and from Kerry's point of view. If they line out in the all their Munster Championship games and it's the same fifteen that plays in the All Ireland final, yeah. that kind of says, well, there's 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 another fifteen to eighteen guys in that panel that have been there and they've had six months to try and push on and take someone's spot and they haven't done it. So either they're not good enough or, or there's something going on there. That yeah. There has to be things freshened up, even one or two positions. And not even Jack O'Connor might do just to rattle lads. Like, just, you know, wait, just to keep guys on. Yeah. You, need be, you need to be right on the edge to get the most out of it. Um, and you need to keep things fresh. There's no two ways about it. Do you know what Kerry took our advice as well? They are going on holidays the 4th of December. Did we right. say this in the pod already? But you did. You said, forget about the teachers. Pre-Christmas, yeah. Where are they going? Pre-Christmas. They're going to um, Dubai and Mauritius. Ooh, but remember we said about Tyrone, they were coming back a bit late. Gambled. Yeah. Like, like, I reckon Kerry will be at it, at it early. And those fellas who are preparing a big winter will have that chance to go straight in. I think it's a good move like to get, get that holiday out the way. When, when are the Westmead boys going to... Is it Cancun they were going into race? Oh, soon. I think it's November. I think it's November, yeah. yeah they're even they're sooner. That's Dark class. horses for the Leicester Championship. That's savage. Yeah, absolutely. They're on the same side of the draw as... Uh, so it's Westmead Loud, Mead, Longford, Offaly. So Westmead will be fancy. Desi Down will have his eye on the old Delaney Cup. There you are. Absolutely. Then. Just on the freshness and staleness of a squad, just for one more moment. John Boylan famously tore up his legendary Mead team in 93, 94. Now they were all getting to a certain age, but there was just, there was no, uh, there was, there was no letting lads hang on to a panel or, or wait around. There was boys cut. Lads were essentially forced to retire and he rebuilt the Mead team. They were all Ireland runners up in 1990 and 91. And over the next two years, he gutted it and brought through the minor winners in 92, won a national league title in 94 and wins in All-Ireland in 96 with pretty much, I think Colin Coyle was still in the team. Um, where do you think, where do you think Alex Ferguson got it from? 
There you go. Well, as Ferguson was spending a lot of time in, uh, at Mead games around that time. Came to see, <laughs> scouted Graham Garrity. Had him a... Uh, yeah, I was season ticket holder in Navin there, talk, I think. Talking him up. Yeah. Did Jim Gavin ever... Did he do it uh, continuously? You know, freshen up the team? Or was there ever a big cut? No. Um, those guys didn't play as much. That was it. Um, the midfielder was cut. The strong fella. What's his name? Very good player. With the dubs? Yeah. Eamon Fennell? Yeah. He was tidier on that time. I think he was caught. He, he spoke about it that he was caught and he he, uh, he never came in with Jim. I think all. it was Gil- Didn't Eddie Gilroy. First thing, no. Jim came in. He he, he would have played under Pat and Jim. The way Jim kind of wanted to play didn't didn't feel that Eamon would have suited that. So he never came into the panel at all. Jeez. So that that was kind of a big call. But with Jim, I suppose what we would have done, he would have brought the best young players that he felt would have been that were going to play with them. He brought them into the panel early and basically had a two-year apprenticeship for all of them. Conor Callan, Davey Byrne, Brian Howard, Merch. These guys were brought into the panel like nearly like 18, 19 years of age. And were you were you like mentors to them or were you like no, saying this it was my never, spot? We never spoke about it. It was never like I'm bringing in these young lads. They were, and you guys have to look after them. It was just come in and they just learned the ropes. And yeah, every one of them would have struggled. Initially, of course they would because they're coming into a, a high-functioning team at, at that time. But that's the best way for them to learn. And it was very much a case of you're here, you're in the squad. If you're unbelievable, you can play. But it took all of them the guts of, kind of 18 months to build their bodies up, but they were in that environment all the time. So that's, those guys would have come in. But Jim, like we spoke to so much, he had the luxury, I suppose, the depth of the panel. He could afford to drop anyone. And, yeah. it, and it wasn't a big deal. And the players could never piss him off because if they were being dropped, someone else pretty much just as good was coming in and taking their place. So we would have changed a lot of players. It was always, yeah, we had our core who maybe eight, eight or nine players who were pretty much nailed on to play all the time. But there was always a couple of backs and a couple of forwards positions where it was up for grabs. And that was that was the beauty of it. It was never a case of there's 15 guys and the rest is no matter what happens, you know, you're not going to play. So um, and that was the key to consistent success to to winning over over a longer period of time. But um that was just a bit of a freak of a group that we had the, the luxury to do that. You all went together. No, I just, sorry, Tom. John like fellas are brought into panels, right? And you got your You've got your A team, say. Yeah. And your your B team. Yeah. I'd say it's often the case that the B team players, right, wouldn't be coached maybe to the same level as the A team players. Say if the A's are playing the B's, you know, and the A's really want to play a specific way and they're learning that way against the B team. And the B team might be asked to kind of play almost like the upcoming opposition. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. So... I've actually noticed at times that sometimes a promising young fella might be brought into the inter-county panel and he, he might stagnate or stall a bit, you know, if he's not, if he's not forced to kick on, you can just kind of sit there in the panel and not improve too much if you're not careful. So I just think that's a, it's a dangerous place to be at times when you're in and around a, a, a talented group and you're not getting on, you know, yeah. sometimes you can just be, you, you can be kind of spare. And it's, it's tough mentally. There's a, there's a win though, James. Like if you're kind of, now it's slightly different for younger players. There's, the, the, that window's probably longer because 
there, there's physical demands that they need to take time to build up. But if you're kind of mid-20s and you're on the squad, and I would say 18 months in, you've had a championship and a couple of national leagues and you're still not kicking on, you're probably not going to. Yeah. I, I would say. And that that's, you're right. If you're kind of three, four years at that, you're kind of thinking, well, if you're not kicking on, where's the next guys to come through? And is that, that's the thing you're talking about there. That can go stale for that player. And, but there has to be a fire put on you as well. Yeah. Some fellas have their own natural fire to kick on. Yeah. But sometimes you need almost the fear of, of being cut to yeah. take you to, to up a step or up a notch or closer to the boys. Because sometimes you can't see the route yourself. Yeah, it is. It is ruthless. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's a hard gig. And mentally, it's, it's hard. You're trying to, you feel like you're doing everything. You're not getting in. And it's a tough place to be at times. Even for some, like, some of the best guys who are starting to get dropped or coming to the end. That's mentally hard. It's such, you, get, you, you don't really see much of that from the outside looking in, but when you've been through it and you've been in that group, we've both obviously been there at, at the highest level for, for, for the goods of a decade each. You see some mental things going on. Mm. Guys who are uber confident and it's going so well and six months later, they're struggling for form and they're just, it weighs on you. It's it's a mental challenge for guys, I'm telling you. Um, as much as a physical thing, if things aren't going well, injuries, all that type of stuff, it's... Can, can I ask you, does anyone stick out in terms of, for either of you, somebody who you could just see whether it was form or confidence or injuries, it wasn't happening for them. You know, you've played with them for a couple of years, you know that maybe they've changed a little bit, the head has dropped and next thing, something's happened. And they're back. So that was a big one for us. Niall Scully. Scully was out. Um, he would have been dropped a couple of times. He would have played a Burn Cup. He was in and out. He might have been on a couple of league panels and then was cut. And came back. And it was 17 was probably his breakout. He started playing a couple of championship games. And, and look, there was easily times with Scully. And it was like, it's not going to happen. That's it. Getting dropped a couple of times. like This is more than once. Off penalties he was dropped, was it? Yeah, yeah, gone. Like, played a Burn Cup, and it was like, sorry, go back to the club. And then next year, you're getting the call to come out again, a Burn Cup. That is, is a hard gig. I and he, that. I was, That's some journey. Yeah, it was a, a massive, massive respect for Scholar. He's a great bit of stuff, obviously. And, but but that, there was definitely times you're looking going, it's not going to happen. It's still going to, and that's it's credit to him, to his club, to the coaches, to kind of see there's something there. Something there, go away. You got to work on it. You got to play. And he, he would have played a big thing for, I think he played in a Burn Cup. We stopped playing the Burn Cup. I can't remember what year it was. Jim basically, we used to go on holiday for it. Maybe three or four years into Jim's um, tenure as manager. And Paul Clark used to take the team, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So we kind of development squad and then maybe some of the best under 20s or 21s would play it. I'm like, Scotty, I remember us playing in that. Like that's a hard spot to be to try to go from there to break into the team and then he and he did it and that was a hard gig as a hard gig but look at him now multiple All-Ireland key player towards the end of the five in a row period All-Star he's one that definitely stands out because you know what switched or what happened or I don't know it's going to be so laid back and I probably haven't actually spoke to him in depth about it but um, he's I'd, I'd say that's nearly an exception to the rule hmm. Because I've seen guys who are really technically really good players and, and it just didn't happen. 
they, they just didn't get back. And it can be, like you were saying, Jimmy, you spoke about Paddy Clifford before, similar vein that mm. he was told to go away and wasn't getting a crack and then was still doing all the training in the background that, that if and when you get the, that one opportunity again to come back, you have to grab it. Um, yeah. 100%. I, I have one. Go on. Danny. 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 Danny, I'd say nearly Danny had two careers. Danny had like so much success. Say, say just before his 30s and then kind of in his mid 30s, he, he came again and was unbelievable again. But he had a little bit of a lull in uh, in 20. Did he lose his place maybe in Kerry in maybe 2013, 2014? We played. He was big with Jacko. Jacko's first go and Pat O'Shea, was he? That was his first. Yeah, was, oh, six, seven. Yeah. Eight. Unbelievable then. Yeah. And then had a dip. And then Not came really. back with Fitzy. I think he was the only man in the match in the All Ireland final in 11. I think he was brilliant. Yeah. Play wing forward against Ian 11. He scored an unbelievable, unbelievable point. Unbelievable yeah. Music was there. phenomenal. And then 12, we lost to Donegal. And then around 13, 14, he lost his place under Fitzmars. And was that injuries though, Jimmy, or what was it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. A load of things. Injuries, kind of, Fitzmaurice probably trying to go and maybe younger fellas or try different things. And I'd say he probably just got a bit, not fed up, but you know, he probably just fell out of love with it a bit. Yeah. When you get and dropped, when you've been the main man and you get dropped, <laughs> yeah. that is, <laughs> yeah, that's a hard gig. Whatever if you've never played, but if, like, if you're a Donahue, who was a, like, a, like a superstar, and you're, you're getting into your late twenties, thirty, and you get you're starting to get dropped. That is like that's a hard gig. You can get big I'm trying to picture this, James. It, it didn't. That didn't last long for Donny. It must have been eighteen months. And yeah, no, remember, it wasn't. No, it was. If it was I remember all, it correctly, was going to turn he, was, he didn't start in fifteen against us. Well, no. What about well, that was after? But in fourteen, in fourteen, we played Galway in, goal, in yeah. the quarter final, and he got he he got no game. In the, in the quarterfinal against Galway. And it, like, I don't know what he, what must have gone through his head, but... He was very famously then, written off as well, wasn't he? I'm looking at a Yeah, Brawley wrote him off. Brawley was given him. Yeah. June, then, June so, 2014, catch a fallen star, put him in your pocket. The Sunday Mail. Yeah. Then, legend. Came on against Mayo, set up the goal, same in the, in the replay, Gets the goal in the final in 14, wins it for us, and he's back in the team again, 14, 15, 16, still yeah. playing up to 18. Like he got that little bit of a kick on to, and he was unbelievable again. Yeah. You know? And could you see that happening in real time? That change in his yeah, presence? You, you could, you could. Some fellas just love, as Patty used to say, some fellas love being the main man. They, like yeah. it's just in them. They're, they're leaders, they're natural born characters, and they want the responsibility. Yeah. I remember we were, uh, we were in meetings around that time and he was probably quiet when he wasn't on. But then when he got, he was starting for the replay in 14 against Mayo. Exactly. Like, it, the meeting was like, lads, put it into me. I don't care where <laughs> you are. Just put it into me. Comes in wearing a leather jacket into the meeting. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the aura it was back, incredible. Like, yeah. And it's infectious. Yeah. Like such a lift to everyone. If you have yeah. a personality like that in the dressing room, like it is powerful. And like, it was unreal to see that come back. And then he, he's a legend. Like yeah. that's something. Yeah. You know, if you talk about personalities, like it gets on top of you. 
it's, it, like if guys are naturally like there's about 30 odd guys in the dressing room the same the world over there's lads who are mad crack there's lads who are reserved whatever but you know, I see with guys on our team as well where they'd be outgoing loving life life at a party and then it's not going well on the pitch room and it's <laughs> it's hard to keep that up if it's not happening for you it is, it's, uh, it's, oh, it's it's a shambles like but uh, it's gas I suppose you think yeah I suppose you think your voice is kind of is diminished a bit in the group but it's not like it's not the fellas are still are still hanging on on what you're saying like but I suppose Bella still love you but you're kind of doving a little bit yeah that's a big part that feeds into how you played it that doubt and you're kind of you're tentative on the ball and things like that. Like, that's what we were saying. We spoke Paul Murphy, just the Paul Murphy podcast. Remember, he, he comes on in the semi against Dublin, that, that pass he gives. Like, he's been all-star, all-Ireland winner for Kerry, and then he's on the bench. You know, he's yeah, he's not one of the main men anymore. It's still important, obviously, but it's easy to come on in, the, in that situation and be like, I don't want to make a mistake because... My, my standing in the team was probably not what it was three or four years ago. That's just the, the, the nature of it. But the best players can kind of get over that. They can see yeah. that's a confidence thing. But it can. I've seen it loads of players where if they're coming on, it's nearly like don't make a mistake. And that's not who they are as a player or as, as a person. That's when you do make the mistake. Yeah, and that's what that's what gets into your head. Jesus, this with sports psychology, it works. I'm telling you. Like <laughs> when they're training a, the pilots and they go, if they if they tell the pilot, don't fly into this, they have like a 50% bigger chance of flying into it. Whereas if they tell them to fly around it, no problem. Don't it, take a big If you get something in your head, it's just nightmare stuff. Like that was a bit of a Hail Mary from Eamon Fitzmaurice. You were five points down with 11 minutes to go. Donnie hadn't been used all year. Throw the big man in. And like that, like you can't plan that moment, but that moment essentially sparks a renaissance. A renaissance. Like that's just incredible. You can't script that. Can I ask the wolf a question? Well, yes, Peter. What were you like in team meetings? Were you more of a after dinner speaker or would you, would you pipe up in team meetings and motivational talks? Would you have anything to say, anything to offer? I used to speak a bit, yeah. Um, no, I would have, yeah. We're, like we're, our kind of group, we it was kind of put to us all to, to have a talk about things. And sometimes we went on uh, a little bit longer than we would have liked. But uh, no, I would have. Um, I would have been quite serious, yeah. Like, a bit of crack outside of it, but team meetings before games or reviewing games like we're all quite serious it is serious like like mm. we enjoy it obviously try and be lighthearted. obviously now you can have a bit of crack because you're finished but Jordan, I would have been yeah I would have been quite serious yeah I would say yeah a bit there at times but um, <laughs> I was yeah <laughs> paying the hole but yeah that was it were you a come on lads sort of fella or were you given a bit more in depth back to like Banging the dressing room door type thing. You know, that's what I'm asking. Like, like I had a habit of, I had a habit of saying, um, I had a habit of saying a single a phrase, and I had to stop saying it. Uh, I can't remember it now. Like a rousing team talk type thing. Not really, no. Maybe once or twice over the course of ten years, but 
I think like we, we didn't really go in for that at all. I don't know, Jimmy. Would you have been like that? We, oh, I used to hate any sort of if Phillips tried to get me psyched up or rose me up, it would it would Yeah, I, I don't know. think that really happens that much anymore. Yeah. I know we, we love the Hollywood movies and all that stuff, but it's um it's pretty rare. We wouldn't have had many of them at all for either from Jim or the coaches. Or there's times where you just you know what's on the line, and if you're you're standing there and you're playing Kerry in the All Ireland final, and you need someone to give you a kick in the hole, you're that's not great. Yeah. Yeah, James, yeah, yeah, James, you never broke character and at half time lost yourself and started saying a few words at half time. Not really. I, like I, we went into a couple of half times and everyone was talking and it was just too yeah, much. Like do you know what I mean? And it, yeah. it's like. Shut up! Just sit down for five minutes and take a breath and just calm it, and then we'll have two or three messages to go out. Like I used to love cold, calm atmospheres. Once it gets too mad or everyone's talking, everyone's opinion is is heard. You get nothing said. There's too much going on. But um, I, I'm <laughs> in the team meeting. I was young. I'd say Fismaris knew this. I probably was not drifting off, but that I, I wasn't contributing in team meetings anyway. And he'd say, he'd say his piece and he might get a few fellas to say something then. And then one day I was, I'd say I wasn't even playing and he goes, James, what do you think? And I, I had absolutely nothing yeah. to offer. Yeah, some lads get caught out. That's yeah. the principle. That's the principle in Fitzmaurice catching you. You're a teacher. Well, he, I, no, in fairness, I said he wanted, he wanted, fellas to come out of themselves then job but like if you don't put that little flame under a fella times it doesn't come out you know and then by as you get into it, by the end fucking you, you can't shut up at times like but it's yeah. just, like, it is we, yeah we you definitely go through phase like, like yeah. I remember we would have talked a lot and our stories are going honestly wolf shut like <laughs> fuck off like, like it's half ten here we've been training the fucking last three hours we want to go home like. but that's yeah, that was it. Yeah, bit more laid back these days. Bit easier talking on the podcast now than. Ah, yes. I listen to you. <laughs> uh, some of the teams we're nearly finished here, boys. This week it's been very enjoyable. But one of the big teams is that the big teams are just grinding out wins. Kilku, as I yeah. said, ten title in eleven years. A one point win after extra time. Ten in eleven years. What? Ten in eleven years. Croaks a one point win against Nafina, but like it wasn't just the fact that it was a one point win, it was how they managed the last 10 minutes. Strangles the game, yeah. They wrestled back, Strangle the game, and likewise, Retote they won three county titles, but the last two, their last two in the last three years, two of the last three years, they've won them by a single point. One of them was a very late goal against Gail Column Kills, but the last day they just held off a, an on, uh, onslaught from Summerhill. These teams just know how to win. Is it like a what is it like? Is it a is it a grit? Is it a bit of a, a mental kind of a experience yeah, that you have on other teams? Real thing. And you've been there and you've done it. And you could see it unfold in front of my eyes watching the Dublin final yesterday. Nafina haven't been down that road. None of those guys have played in the final. Like said, Nafina, the club hadn't been there in 16 years. All those Croaks guys have been in. They won it. Croaks, remember, we're talking about experience. They absolutely duffed the All Ireland final last year against Kilku with the last play they would have had conversations around that for weeks reviewing that. Like literally the last play to win the All-Ireland club final and they kicked the ball away. We, we spoke about it last year on it. 
experience. That's what it is. Like good or bad, winning or losing, you learn from it. And when teams get into that situation, they just know what works and what doesn't. Doesn't always come out. Experienced teams lose tight games as well, but it gives you a hell of an advantage that if you're coming down the final plays, five minutes to go, coming into injury time, whatever it is, we've been here before. We've had multiple conversations about, remember that time last year where we did this and it didn't work. And that, like, we had it with Dublin for years. We would have the most minute plays or the most, seemed like innocuous moments in a play coming down the stretch. And we would spend hours talking about this. Hours. And everyone would be sticking their arm in. That's what is the type of meeting you'd have. Why did that happen? Why did you do this? And then someone would say, well, I think you did it because of this. And then someone else would come in. But they're the conversations. That is experience. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is what worked that time. This is what didn't work that time. And then sure enough, on Sunday, you find yourself in that situation and everyone on the team knows what to do and what not to do. You could see it perfectly with Croaks yesterday. Got their noses in front. Didn't panic when the things were going against them because they've been there. They know the time is going to come. There's plenty of time in the clock. And then once they got their noses in front, it was, let's close this down. Let's slow the ball down. Let's push up on kickouts. Let's do the hard yards first. And that's it, it's experience. That's what people are talking about with experience. Good and bad, but learning from it. Um, and that's no coincidence you see these teams, particularly when the weather shifts, as Jimmy's playing in it yesterday, and it's going to be like that for the next couple of months. It's fine margins, fine, fine margins. And teams that don't make mistakes are generally the teams that are going to come out on top. And you can see it yesterday in all those results. The experienced teams just ground the game out to win. You can see like in, the, in those moments, in those high pressure moments, if you've never been there before, your heart is pounding on your chest. You're getting hotter. You're kind of, your, your brain is foggy. You're kind of thinking too many things. You're thinking, geez, we need a score here. Give it to me and I'll, you know, yeah, play to the boot at it. Whereas when you're, when you've been there a few times, it's just, you're, you're calm, you're cool. You're like, right. What's the simple thing I can do? Get it, give it to a runner maybe. And your, your thought process is a lot clearer when you're just that little bit more relaxed and you've seen it happen before, but like, it takes, it takes a couple of times to be in the real heat of it, to be comfortable in there. Everyone used to laugh at us. We say stick to the process. That is, I did. Yeah. And we won how many all Ireland finals by a point. I know. Yeah, I know. People, and look, people still laugh and they're listening to this guy. Would you ever fuck off with the process? Oh, I, I, I actually, but I actually, honestly, it, coming down the stretch, it was like, this is what's going to work. Don't get caught up in this, that, or the other. Just do your job. And everyone was on the same page. And sure enough, we started winning the tightest games. Yeah. yeah. I boring. Absolutely. So, so boring. But yeah. it worked. <laughs> I, be, I believe you now, Paddy, and maybe it's maturity and maybe it's that I've spent time in your company. <laughs> We're all just all cultures now. Yeah? I didn't I did not believe. Experience is a thing. It does I did matter. not believe poor Johnny Cooper when he looked the camera down the eye and he said he was sticking to the process to beat Wicklow back in 2016 or 17. Yeah, you can't just turn it on. But look what happened over the next four or five years. There you you got to live it. A couple of quick fire questions, boys, to uh, wrap up this week's episode of the Football Pod. Thanks very much to everyone who's listened in. We have a couple of big guests lined up for the next couple of weeks. I hope we have one next week. All going well, we will. Um, So that'll be a bit of crack. A couple of random ones here. Okay, this is coming in from Anders McGill. This can be really quick. But he wants to start a petition for games to restart 
with a throw-in after a goal is scored so players can celebrate properly. I like it. Any takers? <laughs> I have an ideas guy. Send me, give me his number. Whipping off the shirt. Bring him into my know, marketing team. Celebrating to the town end. Okay, that's I, Anders' idea. I agree with that. I think coaches have to wear suits on the sideline. I think that's another plus as well. <laughs> yeah. um, we've Let already spoken about the naming rights. Yes. Um, that's important as well. It's a logical next step. But celebrations, yeah, yeah I agree. Right, what's his name? Anglers McGill. No, Angers. Angers McGill. And uh, like, look at it, it's his Instagram name. name. I could be getting it wrong. Could be getting it, but, but thanks for the question. Celebrations, I agree. Yeah, bring them in. Um, Charlie Nolan wants to know, what is your favourite type of cheese? Tommy, is this, this podcast is descending into farce? Come on. Buddy. <laughs> not a cheese man, no? Jeez. What's your favourite colour? <laughs> for fuck's sake. Where'd you great? get your shades? <laughs> great British bake <laughs> The hell, Block uh, Chazer is there. He's not coming on again. <laughs> Easy singles. Next. You're not giving us that. Okay. All right. I have one here on. <laughs> that is a classic. <laughs> that is a one. Fuck's sake. Uh, I didn't okay. even write that into the. Into the... Uh, he's in the Monday Club. He's, that's coming live from the Monday Club. Hasn't slept in 36 hours. Like. This is a good one, right? It must have. It's coming in from Patrick James. Now, concentrate on this one. Pat. Let James know. Big congrats to him and the East Kerry side. An amazing way to end it against oh. a Dingle team who must be sickened. Myself and my mate Chris drove down all the way from Belfast specifically for the game. We had a great night out in Killarney on the Saturday night, taking in Foley's, O'Connor's, Reedy's, and Sheehan's before going to the match on Sunday. Good and despite the desperate weather, both teams put on a great game. And just to shout out Paul Ganey, Jesus, how good was he? Now, question. Number one for James. Can you tell me how the divisional sides form good camaraderie when they're rivals at club level, boxing the heads off each other? How can you form any sort of consistency from year to year when players come and go? And if the club that they are playing for becomes senior, it means they're no longer eligible to play for the divisional side that following season. Any insights into what it's like in these carry dressing Well, I suppose a lot of it comes down to the management. Do you know, the manager, especially, um, I mean, you're, you're making every fella feel welcome and as important as each other, which is a, a tough job because you fellas coming in from eight different clubs. You know, no one knows where they stand when they go in, in first day. So like, it is difficult, but this was my first time going in with a division and um, it was, it was, it was easy. Do you know, there was no, there was no, there was no trouble whatsoever. I, I, I'm not that I was surprised, but like it was just, it was just simple. Like when when good players are there to to play ball and just have a bit of crack, it's it's easy, it's simple, mm-hmm. and it's easy to play with good players. You know, if if you're playing badly or if the games aren't going great, then things probably would start to to creep in. But like, there's been absolutely no hassle. I must say, I found it incredibly easy this year. Okay, that's interesting. And uh, second part of Patrick's question. And we'll give him a second question because he drove all the way to, from Belfast. Yeah, yeah fair play for Gondo. No, yeah. is he still driving? Could be. Obviously, took in a good night in Clarny, so that was uh, well played. Okay, for the two lads. Was there ever any resentment brought over from club games into county panels where players genuinely didn't get on based on what happened at club level? I can't confirm this, but he puts in brackets. Sean Marty Lockhart and Paddy Bradley famously didn't talk playing with Derry because of club rows. 
All the best from Patrick Belfast. Apologies to Sean Marty Lockhart and Paddy Bradley if that isn't true or if you do not talk old grudges. But that is the question. Any club rivalry ever spill in? Surely, Paddy, after winning an All-Ireland title, having your Monday club, Tuesday club, you're playing club championship in Dublin on the Thursday, there'd be a couple of cantankerous clashes in Parnell Park. Lads were just hung over, I think. Uh, <laughs> no, we, we were all right with it. I must say. Um, did we even speak about it? Not really, like. I can't remember ever having a conversation whether it was Giller or or Jim or Desi coming in and like the club stuff leave it out. It just never really came on our radar, I have to say. Like lads, there was definitely times in club championship games where lads were going toe to toe like and they'd be taking lumps out of each other but that never ever carried on. It didn't spill into like a... No, never. I'm genuinely, we never, I don't think we ever spoke about it once. I can't remember once that becoming an issue at Dublin training ever. Interesting. I think that when, say if, if, See, when your county is your number one, it, you park everything. Do you know what I mean? Like, I know that, uh, say, in different counties, like, the club scene is unbelievably intense and difficult. Like, but if you're going for the biggest prize, like, then... You can't, you can't afford it, Jimmy, can't you not? You can't no, have lads pissed you off. Have you couldn't you can't. No, you have to park it. And it's... If it's affecting everyone else, if that is the case, like, I'd, be, I'd be embarrassed to be involved in something like that. If there was, if everyone knew that I wasn't talking to the fella across the dressing room because of yeah. something happening, I said I would be embarrassed. Like, so I, I think you can never let that happen. No, no chance. <laughs> I'd just like to reiterate that I'm distancing myself between any rows between Paddy Bradley and Sean Marty Lockhart that may no, or may said not have usually you said it twice now putting it on the record <laughs> the producer, like. and Charlie Nolan just so you know you can't beat a bit of brie that's my favourite type of cheese no. so lads I think that's where we leave episode 38 of the football pod baby bells pleasure spending time in your companies yeah, yeah, this week look. good question Charlie James <laughs> best of luck club training this week or sorry should I say regional training this week so, best of luck Paddy Andrews, best of luck in Manchester on Wednesday night. I'm going to have a great time. Have fun. And I look forward to speaking to you both next week. To everyone at home, thanks for listening in. Share, subscribe and get talking about the pod. We will be back next week. Enjoy. Enjoy.